This story shall the good man teach his son, and Crispin Crispian shall ne'er go by from this day to the ending of the world, but we in it shall be remembered. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers, for he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother, be he ne'er so vile this day shall gentle his condition. And gentlemen in England now abed shall think themselves a curse they were not here, and hold their manhoods cheap, whilst any speaks who fought with us upon St. Crispin's Day. Well, those famous words come from Act 4, Scene 3 of William Shakespeare's Henry V, uh, the famous Agincourt speech that Henry V delivered before the famous battle in 1415, which became a remarkable English victory, David and Goliath-like, actually. And when I think of teamwork, those words from Shakespeare echo in my mind. Well, at our school, we are not fighting the French, but we do have six houses in the upper school that we hope teaches some level of effective teamwork. We call it the house system. Well, joining me today to discuss this important part of upper school life is Rachel Maldonado, our student activities director and college advisor. She oversees the house system. And Leah Efko, friend of the show and teacher of the English rhetoric senior thesis. Uh, she ran our house system for its, from its inception until this year, and she lived out the house system at her university experience. Well, Leah, start us off. What is the house system? So most people are familiar with the house system from the Harry Potter series, which is a good starting point for understanding it. However, our house system is modeled more on that of the Ivies and many other classical and Christian universities model this as well. So essentially what it does is it takes a group of students from all different ages and places them together in a way that they wouldn't necessarily naturally form an attachment just from going to classes um, or hanging out with the people who live near them or go to the same um, classes and events as them. It gives them the opportunity to meet those outside of their sort of immediate realm. It's also an avenue for competition healthy competition where these students learn to work together, again, with people that, especially at the beginning of the year, they don't necessarily know very well. Um, and by the end of their time they spend together, however much time that may be, four years for a college, seven years for us here, um, you come out at the end with bonds that you'll have for the rest of your life. And this is for seventh through 12th graders. Um, we have six houses, right? And we have three girl houses, three boy houses, uh, the girl houses that each are named after somebody important from history, right? Um, you were part of one in your college experience, right? So, and we have that same one, right? Um, Sojourner Truth, Elizabeth Elliot and Corey Tenboom for the girls, for the boys, C.S. Lewis, Winston Churchill, and William Wilberforce. And one of the fun things, speaking of Harry Potter, is the sorting, right? Like we, who, who ends up where and how do we determine that? Leah, you've been in those meetings. What's it like to determine who goes in once? Because once you're in the house, you're there. There's no changing. We always say it's like a family where you don't get to choose where you get placed and then you're there <laughs> for the rest of your, and well, no escape. your school life. Yeah, there's no way to get out. There's no way to transfer houses. Um, the placement is very much... Uh, it's less magical than the sorting hat in Harry Potter. It's more like a game of Tetris where you are taking um, all of these students and making sure that there's a wide variety of 
you know, you don't want all of the students with the same interests to end up in one house together. You don't want to have all of the kids who enjoy sports in one house and all of the kids who are very invested in their grades in one house. You want to have a mixture of those. Um, and so there's a lot of factors that you have to look into in order to form a well-rounded house where it's not just going to be all of one of the same type of kids. And in that way, I would say it's very much unlike Harry Potter, which is sorted more according to, you know, here's the smart house, here's the evil house. <laughs> Ours is more, let's see how many of um, these different people we can bring together in this bond of fellowship. Yeah. So it's more like the Fellowship of the Rings of Tolkien than it is Harry Potter. Okay, that's that's good. Um, and, and, and people ask, how do I end up in a house? You can't really plan it. Um, we do keep family members together, right? So um, sisters are, are not separated. Brothers are not separated. Cousins will be put together in the same house. Um, but we also, and this is tough for the winning houses because we do have competitions. There is overall winning uh, of certain awards. But the stronger houses will not necessarily get the stronger kids into their house the next year. Not in every case. And that, that sounds terrible. Strong kids, weak kids. What are you saying about our kids? Um, certain kids have certain strengths, leadership strengths, and we see it in sports or we see it in fine arts. So if a house did really well the next year, the stronger leaders that we, and we could be wrong, they may not turn out to be leaders, they might go to the struggling houses. It's sort of more like the NFL draft uh, than Harry Potter in that respect because we're going to try to make sure that every house is balanced. We don't want one house dominating all the time. Otherwise, it kind of kills the competition. Um, so that's that's sort of the myth of sorting, right? Uh, and that is a limited committee that makes that decision. Uh, so uh, people wonder, how do I end up in that house? That's how. And, and Leah's been in those meetings before. So Leah, talk to me. What does the house system teach? Why is it important? So we've spoken already, even in just the brief time that we've been talking about it here, the bonds of fellowship and friendship that it forms that you wouldn't be able to form in any other way. It does allow for a unique mixture of people who might not ever otherwise be in the same room. And here they are working together, striving towards a common goal. It also teaches those lessons of having to work together, having to work together with people that you don't know, having to work together with, at times, people that you don't get along with. Um, so it teaches you through those difficult lessons. But on the other side of it, it also, because it is such a wide mixture of people, it really allows all of their individual gifts and talents to be celebrated. Um, and we see this a lot with our kids in our houses. Um, but you'll have a student who comes in, maybe it's a seventh grader, um, and you see them in lip sync and they're really shining and their house gets so excited because they're like, we have them for the next six years. Um, and then maybe you have a student who's very gifted in sports and they get excited about that because there's such a wide variety of competitions and areas for them to shine. And then even within the house meetings themselves, we haven't gone over that in much detail, but the houses meet each week um, they go through usually an agenda of devotional, talking about and planning for the events that they're working on. Um, and that also allows an opportunity for students to rise 
in positions of leadership, even if they're not officially on the leadership team, it allows them to rise to those positions of leading others, leading younger students, um, and giving them those opportunities to help out one another that they might not otherwise have. So it teaches them to overcome obstacles at times. It teaches them to point out one another's giftings and talents, and it helps to uh, cause them to look out for the needs of others because they're looking out for the needs of the others in the house. Yeah, there's a, there's a level of discipleship that comes out of it in a very positive Christian way. And of course, because people are in a house, they automatically connect, and therefore there isn't that struggle. Who am I going to sit with at lunch? on my first day of school, you'll have someone in your house to sit with. Of course, in our cafeteria, it's so packed. You're never sitting alone. Isn't an, really much of an option anyway. Um, but that discipleship is really a blessing that comes out of this. You know, Rachel, what are the purpose of these competitions? Um, well, I guess just, we should start with like, what are these competitions? What are some examples of competitions? Well, uh, we have namesake competition. So we mentioned before, Leah mentioned how we have six houses that are each named after um, either heroes of the faith or uh, just heroes of history, people that we can look to and emulate. And so they have namesake competition where they get to share um, in a unique way every year the history of their house, uh, who is this namesake that they are named after. And it gives an intro for these upcoming seventh graders and any new students to the school. Um, so that's just one competition. Uh, there's also mock trial that we do kind of in our own way here at Sheridan Hills Christian School. There's art competition lip sync competition. We have monologue um, where we have uh, movie monologues, but we've also done um, Shakespearean monologues, if I'm correct. Sure. And this year we are introducing a STEM competition, very top secret, but will be introduced this year. Well, that's exciting because that's again, speaks to the different type of student and how they all have an opportunity to shine um, because uh, it's not everybody is an athlete. Not everybody's an artist. Uh, there's the loud person and then there's the reserved person. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it gives them a chance to shine. Um, and what are the purpose of these competitions? Why do we do this within the house system? Well, the way that I conceptualize it is it's a pseudo stressful situation. Nobody's at risk of losing their job. Nobody's at risk of losing their home, but it's stress. It's stress for these students that we're putting them through. Um, not it's not imagined stress it is very real but the stakes are low the mm. stakes are low i mean what's the worst thing that's going to happen you'll forget your line on stage you'll forget to go where you're supposed to go when it's your cue uh you'll trip and fall when you're playing a game i mean the stakes are low the stress is real but the stakes are low mm. and it gives them this opportunity to uh, to to lead it gives them opportunities to serve to mentor and thinking of that young seventh grader, it gives them an opportunity to not just be a face in the crowd, but as Leah was saying, you can see them shine in a place where they may not have had that opportunity, whether it's lip sync, whether it's namesake, whether it's dodgeball, whatever it may be, they're getting the chance to shine. <laughs> and I think very much of community when I think of our house system. Yes. Um, this is, as Leah has said, a community that would have never existed otherwise. Truly, I mean, how often do you see a seventh grader talk to a senior in, in, in every day, in the everyday school day? Um, but they know, they know when they're entering that house, when they, you know, get that sweatshirt, um, there's, there's a sense of community there. And they know there's going to be someone looking out for them. And, and the sweatshirt 
we, we do have school uniforms, but each house has their own color and their own sweatshirt and T-shirts that have their logo on it with certain symbols, um, a Latin phrase, um, so they can wear that every single day to school. So it does automatically give you a sense of community when you walk in. When we started this, I don't know how many years ago now, but um, I remember thinking to myself as a longtime coach, how can we simulate athletics into something that athletes don't necessarily do. So uh, athletics teaches teamwork, discipline, and like Rachel said, simulated stress. The kids care. They're putting everything into it. They, they do feel a sense of stress. We have to teach them how to manage stress, how to manage all of that. But at the same time, um, it doesn't really matter. Okay? And so um, just like a basketball game, that's what these house – competitions do they also show off leaders um and i would say they learn to win well and lose well um, we're still working on losing well some of these houses uh some of them still struggle with that it's human nature to to say hey that was not the right points or i don't understand the result of that but um sometimes they just have to hear you weren't that good honestly <laughs> or you're comparing apples to oranges mm -hmm. and how do you rank apples and oranges exactly it's subjective mm -hmm. i mean if it wasn't fruit but i got you <laughs> um <laughs> leah you grew up in this system or at least you did in at, at college at king's college uh, what was it like for you and what were your fondest memories for yourself personally in the house system yeah so I've been thinking about that actually as we've been having this conversation because so many of the things that we're saying ring true to my own experience, especially that idea of new students automatically having someone that they know is on their side, even if they don't know them that well. Um, I went to college in New York City, so I was there 18, didn't know anyone, and I already had a big in my house who was assigned to me and who was leaving me presents every day. Um, and I had another girl that I was supposed to meet with to do devotion. So it was just automatically, as soon as I was there, because I was a part of the house, I knew that there were people who were looking out for me, um, both as a person, um, but also even spiritually, knowing that there was uh, someone that I was accountable to there in my house. Uh, and that made such a huge difference, especially early on. Um, in terms of memories, I remember... so. I, I'm the kind of person that the house system is perfect for because I'm not going to go out and make a million friends. I'm going to wait <laughs> for people to come to me and I'm going to try not to speak to anyone if possible. Um, but in the house system, you, you have to meet people and you have to get involved. And um, the way that it worked for us, our first competition, I, I want to say was a drama competition. I could be misremembering, but they had certain spots for freshmen to fill. They had already prepared it. The older students had already prepared it. They had spots for us to be in. So we were in it and we won like third place. It, it was not impressive, but we all went out for dinner afterwards and it was just this feeling of, okay, I have a place. I'm with people. I'm contributing. Um, and that I think was one of the earliest memories where I was like, oh, I get it. This isn't just me being forced to hang out with people that I don't know and that I don't want to make small talk with. This is we're doing something and they care about me and we're all working towards something together. Um, so 
we had some of the same competitions, not all of the same competitions, but we had some of the same competitions that we have here. We did namesake competition, which was always fun. Um, our version of lip sync would have been the drama competition. Um, yeah. And it just all throughout that, you know, there's still people from my house that I am extremely close to and it has made a huge difference. Yeah. It's interesting. I was down in FIU in Miami for a play recently one of our graduates was in a Shakespeare play down in FIU and I went with my family and we enjoyed the show. Uh, the Sharon Hills alumni who was participating um, knew we were coming and afterwards we waited for him to come out and immediately he went and hugged my sons and I forgot it was because he was, they were in the same house of Churchill together. And so he was like, how's Churchill going? So here's a young man who graduated four or five years ago, or I guess four years now. And he's talking about Churchill. He's asking, how's Churchill doing? man, you haven't been in school forever, um, but he still cares about his house. So it's amazing the long-term impact that this community uh, can do for these students. So lastly, but certainly very important part of this, how does the house system develop future leaders? I mean, everybody talks about developing leaders as if there's a formula we could just instantly you know, utilize and boom, we pop out leaders. That's not really how real life has turned out. So how does the house system contribute to future leaders? One big way, of course, is our student leadership setup, um, where we have a team of four student leaders for each house. Um, and that, of course, is in an official capacity. They have a leadership course that they take, and they're learning about these principles of leadership so there is the official channel for training in leadership. But as you mentioned, there isn't a formula for it. And something that I've noticed, especially as the house system has gone on, is the the circumstance itself, right? Like Rachel was talking about that stress that they get put through. It is like a kiln. It, it fires uh, the clay and then the gold. I don't know how kilns work exactly, but the, you know, the, the, the gold <laughs> remains. <laughs> they sift through the wheat and the, they sift through the chaff and the wheat remains. Anyway, the <laughs> point is the leaders emerge um, in those times of stress. And a lot of times it's the people that wouldn't jump up and volunteer to take power uh, because that's not the person that you want leading. You exactly. don't want the person who's the first to raise their hand and volunteer to take charge. You want the person who says, I really don't want to, but if I have to, I'm going to do this for the good of my people, the good of the group. Um, and I've seen that happen so many times with the house and, um, again, both with official and unofficial leaders. Um, but where it puts them in that position to take on those responsibilities of leadership in a way that's very non formulaic, it's not forced. It, it can be very natural as they take on that delegation. And we don't do elections. Mm -hmm. A committee gets together of administrators and a few others, and we choose the officers for each house. Now, we do take in the input of the house sponsors. We should say that every house has an adult leader, a teacher or two, who are assigned to guide and mentor. And oftentimes, in an ideal circumstance, they're leading the leaders. They're mentoring the student officers. Of course, they're doing their due diligence to observe, but we want them to train the leaders. Um, but yeah, that is such a, a key thing is developing leaders. The truth house here, they have a, a phrase. They say a title is not needed to lead. 
that everybody's expected to lead, even if you have a very small role in it. But it has been wonderful to watch young people step up who maybe show some potential on an athletic field or in a play, maybe in a class project, and we see that potential. Maybe they don't even realize it in themselves, but we're, we're seeing it, the teachers are seeing it and saying, let's get you into that practice of leadership through the house. And even talking numbers, if you look at the traditional student government model, you get one president per class. But in this model, we have the opportunity for six possible presidents, six possible chamberlains, six possible helmsmen. And I know I'm missing one. Six possible, fill it in for me. Scholars. Scholars. Scholar, thank you. Um, so just numerically, there's far more opportunities to lead. And that's what we need to give students. There is no formula that we can give them. We just have to put them in the situation of leadership. Mm-hmm. And this is giving us even more opportunity. We're able to give them this time. And, and leadership is about failure and success and learning everywhere in between. So when they're given mentorship, when they're learning organization skills, public speaking skills, because when you have sometimes up to 30 per house and you're the president or the chamberlain, you're getting up in front of everybody and having to talk. That is, what is it, right? The United States, the number one fear isn't death, it's public speaking. And these young people have to get in front of their peers every week and sometimes more often and lead them. And so that public speaking alone is worth it. And then the fun part of leadership, criticism. It's easy to lead when you're winning. It's wonderful to lead when everything's going your way, but inevitably it never does. And so there's that criticism, there's learning how to support a leader, but at the same time, a leader learning to handle the criticism, address it, organize well, sometimes rally the troops. I've had house leaders that come to me and say, I have this problem, what do I do? I said, first, you need to give a rally the troops speech. And then after that, you better present a plan and have a legitimate plan of how to turn this around. So walking them through that, I don't know about you all, but I never received training like that in high school, let alone the fact that I'm actually a leader. I barely learned that in college. That's from experience. So giving these young people this experience at this young age I think can really set them up to be the future leaders for our community, for our, our school, churches, and, and, and God willing, even uh, our community. Well, thank you, Rachel and Leah, for joining us today. Um, we really appreciate your insights. You have heard today what the health system is meant to be. It is not a fraternity, and there are no wizard battles between good and evil houses. For some, they may be disappointing, but for most, a relief. Instead, it is a way to counter the many challenges facing young people today, like isolation, lack of social skills, conflict resolution, learning to win and lose well. And it offers something better, like teamwork, friendship, respect during competition, solving problems, Christ-like fellowship. It is not perfect, and each house has their ups and their downs. Tasking these students with the responsibilities of house gives them a preview and a rehearsal of real life. We pray that when they are out there fighting the good fight, as Paul says, the house system has contributed to their success and a desire to win, not as individuals, but as a team for God's glory. Well, thank you for joining us. Until next time, seek what is good, true, and beautiful. Thank you for joining us. The opinions expressed on this program are that of the hosts and the guests. The podcast is produced by Alex Halpert. Sheridan Hills Christian School is a ministry of Sheridan Hills Baptist Church.